we leave this part in the episode and we don't decide to cut this, this is like a perfect example of what our day is like. Me wanting your attention, your attention being divided, you wanting me to focus. Hey guys, welcome to the Power and Persistence podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Blois, business owner, mentor, self-care advocate, manifester, wife, and mama of two. This podcast is designed to make you feel seen and inspired. Join me for honest and raw conversations with successful women and purpose-driven entrepreneurs. We'll explore how they imperfectly but persistently juggle career, family, and relationships, all while honoring their authentic selves. Let's dive in. Well, welcome to the very first episode of Power and Persistence. I am so excited to be doing this podcast. It's been a long time dream of mine to reach an audience um, about this topic of women and entrepreneurs in business and the emotional journey that it entails. So this is really exciting for me to be here. My name is Jesse Blois. I am a mom and a wife and a business owner. And my very first guest is none other than my husband, Ben, because I thought who better than to help describe my journey than Ben, because not only has Ben my husband, but he's my partner in life and my partner in business. But it didn't start that way. So how did we start? We started as college roommates. No, I'm sorry. Neighbors. Neighbors. <laughs> roommates. That would not have been appropriate, right? <laughs> um, but then quickly after graduation, we got married and we actually just went straight to work, which if anyone younger is listening, I would say go travel, go do something first. Because in college you- longer. Or stay in college as long as you can, because it's the best time ever. Um, or go good. travel or go have a adventure. But we didn't. We went straight to work. Um, you at a CPA firm, me as a speech language pathologist in schools. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's what we thought we were gonna do. I was gonna work yeah. in the schools because the break seemed totally worth it. And you were gonna work your way up a CPA firm. Yeah, for but, about 10 years or so. That's yeah. what we were doing and what we thought we would continue doing. And um, then life shows you that your plans are a joke and you're maybe not happy doing what you thought you'd be happy doing. You were pretty miserable, let's be honest. Uh, at times, yes. At times, I did enjoy it. I'd say earlier on in my career, I enjoyed it. Um, but then as the years passed, um, it definitely became less and less enjoyable. Would you say it was easier to enjoy pre-having children and only yes. having the responsibility for? Oh, yeah. Yes. I love our children. Love our children very, very much. Oh, but um, yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Once you add it <laughs> into the mix, it definitely changes things. Um, so yeah. yeah, you became pretty miserable with the pressure of a CPA firm and being married to someone who's miserable at work isn't Awesome. So yeah, so we knew something kind of had to give there, but I don't think we knew what we knew now that when you're so unhappy, you need to trust your intuition and pivot and trust the process, right? But I was in schools and then I reached a certain point in my career where I felt like this is not fueling my soul. I felt like I was treating such a high level 
of kids and I was not as effective as I needed to be to feel fulfilled. So that started me on my journey of Fox Therapy Services, which is my business, our business now, um, where I, at the end of my school day, decided to treat kids privately. So let's back up a little bit. We were living in the Bay Area. We had our first child. I suffered horrible postpartum depression and moved us to Southern California because basically I wanted my mom. And it was a really abrupt move. And I think it was really disruptive to your career. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we first had our child, I think we intended on staying up there. And I think we ended up down here within three months of him being born. So in a matter of three months, we went from thinking we were set to moving. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know me. I'm very much a believer in the universe and who we are and what our signs are and how it makes up the way we present to the world. And I'm an Aries. So once my mind is focused on a decision or a plan, it is full steam ahead. And I think that's been much to Ben's dismay. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, that ride you were along for, for sure. So we moved back down South. We're not sure if we're going to stay here forever because we really thought we were going to raise our family in the Bay area. But, um, a few years into working in the schools, I just needed to try to treat, um, my clients in a different manner. I started. Weren't you considering leaving the profession entirely? Yeah, I was going to go get my real estate license. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and then you decided to start seeing some clients uh, just privately after school hours. Yeah, shout out to my mom. She said, "Why don't you try this one on one?" Yeah, that's how it started. And yeah, that's how it started. So with a one year old and a three year old, because by this time we had had our second child, I would work all day in the school, and then I would treat privately in the afternoons, and then eventually on the weekends. Because as an entrepreneur, got to go full force build something while still not letting go of your income unless you have somebody helping fund you. So that's what we did until eventually we got to the point where we jumped and yeah. I quit my job. Yeah. I don't remember what summer it was, but there was a summer where you started, you picked up enough clients over the summer yeah. and realized that they didn't want to leave you come the end of summer and you were going to be able to sustain the business. I mean, sustain. Well, we hoped. Oh yeah. It was a gamble. It was a gamble for sure. Uh, it was scary, but my intuition, my gut, my heart at that time, there was no other option. I couldn't keep working the hours I was working because I didn't feel present as a mom and I couldn't go back to the schools full time. So we had to give it a shot and it worked. It did. It worked. At first, I thought if I could just fill my caseload and have a full caseload, I will have accomplished my dreams. I remember at one point we were we were talking about that and we were like, yeah, I think the number slowly changed, but I think it initially it was like, if I can have 15 clients, and then I was like, if I can get just 20 clients, and then it's oh, if I can just get 30 clients, and it happened. 
it happened. And then there were more than 30 clients and me being of my mindset didn't think, well, I have a wait list. It was like, well, if there's children that need to be treated, let me find another speech therapist to come on board and help me treat. And back then we could have independent contractors in California. So that was a whole different, nicer situation. Um, So I slowly added some independent contractors to the practice and we were able to reach a bigger breadth width of clients. Um, And we were private pay. That was all working nicely, right? Until I started answering the phone and people said, oh, I can't afford that because it's expensive, private pay services. And I thought, well, damn. I don't want to only treat wealthy people. That's not. It's not what you've done to the profession. Yeah. Not. There's other kids that need to be treated too. So then I took on insurances, which that's a whole other episode of working with insurance companies. <laughs> we do it to be able to treat more families, but it is a experience. It's a headache for sure. It's a headache, but it's, it's worth difficult. it. It's worth it. We continue to do it. Um, So yeah. So as that happened, and then California's passed new laws, and I wasn't able to have independent contractors anymore. There was another. There was like, I guess, the first shift in the business. Let's go back just a second. I mean, you have to keep in mind at this point, I'm still working full time in a CPA firm. Um, This is all you, pretty much at this point. I'm working. I mean, 40 hours a week, most of the year, plus tax season, which if anyone knows is not fun, but um, yeah, I, yeah, three, three, four months a year. Our kids are one in three or two in four. Yeah. Three months, three months a year. I basically don't see them um, waking up in the morning. To be honest, if anybody is listening, since it's just my first episode, but our marriage sucked at that point. It was, it was it was difficult. It was a difficult time for sure. Um, with you working very hard to grow your business and me being working full time and for three four months a year working fifty plus hours a week, there was very little time for us. I think at that time, to be honest, we resented one another. I resented you when you weren't present and available, and you resented me when I wasn't present and available, and we were basically coexisting, trying to sustain our own careers, not connecting where I think a lot of marriages do well when people have their separate situations, careers, what, what have you, we did not, mm-hmm. we did not at all. No, um, no, we were co-parenting essentially at that point. Yeah, that was, that was rough. That was scary. Um, I don't think if we knew we were going to make it. I mean, there were, there were definitely times that it was scary yeah. from a relationship standpoint. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's all coming back to me right now. I'm having <laughs> PTSD. So yeah. And speaking of that, I will never forget as a woman starting a business and I'm in a profession where treating my clients means I get paid. If I'm not treating, I don't get paid. And there's a lot of professions out there like that where it's a service-based industry. So if one of our kids was sick, I would still go to work because I didn't get a sick day. Those don't exist 
when -hmm. you own your own business and you worked for another firm. So you did have sick days and you took a sick day. And I will never forget when you told me and we will leave him nameless. But he said to you, why do you take sick time instead of your wife? She'll never be able to grow her career the way you'll be able to grow yours. And honestly, that was the moment where I was like, that was lighting the fire. That lit the uh, fire. That lit the fire underneath you. For sure. I thought, holy shit, people still think like that. Yeah, I remember that. Honestly, I remember that conversation. Point that I didn't know people still thought like that and talk like that. Now I'm very aware people still think and talk like that. But still, I mean, that was probably what five, six years ago still. That's still the mentality of some people out there. Oh, Ben, let's be honest. Like, These days, if we have a serious situation in our business, I can try to handle it. And I'm either non-effective or treated like I'm a total bitch. And then you get on the phone (laughs) and it's taken care of. Simply because you're a man. Yeah. In the business world, I am treated very differently than you, just because of my gender. It's awful. By other companies, by coaches. Bye. But it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're speaking with another male or a female. Like just it doesn't matter. Yeah. If no, it doesn't treat it differently by both. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred percent. I mean, I can think of an instance right now where we were trying to tackle the same topic with this one female we were working with, and I wasn't getting replied to, and you got replied to instantly just through separate messages about the same topic. So yeah, I mean, for women in business and why this podcast is geared more towards women is, I'm sorry, we have it. I don't want to say harder. We're not victims. But what we set forth to accomplish every day in business alone, not to even, we haven't even started to talk about home family life, self-care. I mean, we have so much up in the air that we're trying to keep up in the air. So that to me is where there's the need, right? Like I could find the business coaching. We could bring in that. And that's great for growing your numbers, growing your finances, how to market. But nobody talked to me about like the emotional component, the mental component. And that's where I want to work right? That's where I want people to share their stories and where I want to support women and entrepreneurs because it's, you're on an island. No one knows what it feels like to be that business owner unless you're another business owner. It's, it can be pretty isolating. Yeah. Absolutely. So going back, Fox shifted um, the company because we started taking insurance New staff came on. And I think laws laws passed in California that um, now employees became one of the things we had to deal with versus independent contractors. Yeah, employees. And then I took over a larger space. And I remember thinking, how the heck am I going to fill this space? But we did. Mm -hmm. And I was doing okay on my own. I had someone that worked pretty closely with me that was helping me with the business. Um, and all seemed okay, not in our marriage. You were doing your thing, I was doing mine. And then COVID hit. And as much as I hated that time period, it 
really had a lot of silver linings for us as far as our relationship went. Because what it did is it really made everybody in every industry look at what's most important. What do they want? How much are they willing to give to a company that's not theirs? And I had a lot of loss in employees. And that heartbreak is huge. I don't know if it ever goes away, to be honest. I felt so scared, so alone, fighting with insurance companies, trying to get my clients coverage, trying to get clients to stay on so we didn't lose the business. Um, It was a horrible, deep, deep, dark time. But one thing that did come from it was I couldn't do it alone. And you were about to start your own independent CPA firm. And instead you joined me. Yeah. And that kind of really changed everything. Oh, it did. It did. Absolutely. I couldn't even imagine looking back, trying to, I mean, essentially have a business and start, if I had actually started my own CPA firm um, at the time, I would have been trying to build a CPA firm through COVID and you You would have been struggling. Right before COVID hit. We didn't know we were going to be in COVID. No, correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But looking back, that would not have been successful. No. For any parts, either one of our business, either one of us professionally, or I don't know what it would have done to us personally. So. Well, it turned out to work out because I think the best thing that's happened to our relationship is being on a team professionally and having a common goal and understanding what the other one's day was like. And through that time, we were able to scale our business, Mm -hmm. um, but not without a lot of tears on my end. (laughs) Absolutely. I think one of the things that we've both come to understand is you being a speech therapist, me being a CPA, we were not business owners. And we were basically, we became business owners. And you, you, you learn very early, very quickly that you can't do both. You can't be a speech therapist and a business owner effectively. I, you can't be a CPA and a business owner effectively. So we had to get to the point where we were the business owners. That's what we did now. I think the part you're leaving out is you can be a business owner no matter what the business is. But the other thing we became is a boss. And being someone's boss is the hardest I've ever done. And I sucked at it for a while. I took everything. I'm a people pleaser. I always want to be a part of the group. I want to know what's going on. I don't want to be on the outside of things. I want to be involved. And you can't. You can't be liked. You can't be a part of what's going on. You can't make everything harmonious. You can't have all that control. And that's so outside of my character that I, so many things wrong all the while. I mean, as the business grows, you start bringing on more and more people. And yeah, you you want to make decisions that are going to make everyone happy. But as you grow, you realize you can't. If you make a decision. I remember someone telling me, you say yes to everything and then you go back on your word. And it's like, I want to say yes. I want to do whatever the employees want or I did want to do whatever the employees wanted. And then the business would take such hits and we would be so stressed and it was just a vicious cycle and it was rough. And during 
COVID also, our son went through a really challenging time. So my home life was a mess and we were so scared for his well-being. And we were trying to grow this business and bring on employees and add different components to our business. While as a mom, I had all this going on in the back of my head and it was a wild, crazy time. And I just know it was in that moment, looking back that I learned about who I don't want to be, right? Why was I eventually had a moment where I thought about my behaviors at work and how I reacted to employees. And I thought like, this is not who I want to be. No business ownership is worth presenting to the world as this human. And that's when I started my self-improvement journey, I would say, three, four years ago. And it started in one place and it's gradually evolved. And meditations, journaling, different programs I've done, working with different professionals. I mean, I feel like I've had my hand in almost everything I could do self-care-wise. Um, you know, been witness to it all. And thank God I started that journey because I feel like I'm really able to show up differently, not only at work, but as a mom, as a wife, as a friend. I feel like I gave up friends for years because I just didn't have any energy. There was no energetic room left within my soul for friendship. And I was so lonely, but I was so drained by my reactions to things happening in the business. So yeah, working through that. And I want to be able to help other women and entrepreneurs work through that period when it's so hard and so isolating and so scary because being where I am now, definitely hard days, right? Just part of it. But I'm able to show up to those hard days so differently than I did in the past. I don't fall apart. I don't think it's end all be all. I don't live in a state of fear like I used to. Um, And a lot of that's been learning to trust the universe and the process and control what I can and let go of the rest and really just believe in the process. And I think it's made me a better person. Definitely. I mean, you, you definitely, you hesitate, changed. What's that? I said you hesitate, but I do. No, feel I don't. My There's no hesitation. Improvement. I would have had to give it all up. No, yeah. There's there's no hesitation. You've improved greatly in so many different ways. As a business owner, obviously, uh, I think you come in with a completely different mindset than you used to. We made yeah. so many decisions out of fear Every, early on in COVID. A good way to describe it: everything was fear based. Yeah, where. That's not the case anymore. No. I mean, personally, I, I see that you've grown and changed outside of the business. There's so much about you that has improved over the last few years. It's really impressive. It's really impressive. Well, thank you. And I'm not here to try to like get accolades for that. All I'm saying right. is if I can help somebody else get to a place of releasing fear when you can choose it and finding their authentic self and trusting their intuition in the process and showing up to the world more as 
of who they want to be when they show up to the world, then I will feel so fulfilled. And because of what we've gone through, we're now creating additional businesses, right? Like you've gone back to the CPA world. I have started um, another company where I've gone back into treatment and coaching and mentoring other people in my field. And now we're doing this to share people's stories. There won't be many episodes with men on. So you're you should feel, I feel lucky. Lucky. But um yeah, I want to, you know, connect with those women out there who are on this ride and need that support and that encouragement and that ability to take a breath and look inward mm-hmm. and not feel like because there's so much that we juggle, we're failing everywhere. Right. We're more able to see where we're succeeding. I've told you this over and over, but the term like work home life balance, I think is complete bullshit. There's no balance. It's impossible, right? If you're putting all your energy into one area, you're taking energy from another, and you're always gonna feel like your business needs your full attention. And your kids and your family and your friendships and your husband need your full attention. And then there's you, right? You need to pour into yourself if you're going to show up for the world. So there's no good way to do that. I remember when I first started not showing up to work right in the morning at the clinic and trusting our employees and our management team to run things, I had so much guilt. It wasn't that I doubted them, but I felt guilt for not being there. And then if I stayed there late to be there for the employees, I felt guilt for not getting home to the kids soon enough. And if I didn't take my time to meditate and journal and be within my head and my soul and connect and feel grounded, I wasn't present anywhere. I So I've had to, and I'm still on this journey. How do I find time for all of it while feeling like I'm succeeding and not just failing? And like, I mean, you know, some days I do well and some days I come home and I lose my mind because the kitchen's a mess and I'm over it. Absolutely. So it's just a wild journey. So, I mean, what do you think? I kind of like sucked you into business ownership. I think joining forces with the business was the best thing that could have happened to us. I think you said it earlier, but it allowed us to have a common goal and Working together, spending that time together was really nice. I mean, I love you, hence why I married you. But I like spending time with you. We really love each other. Like (laughs) no, but like we were able to spend time together. Yeah, and choosing each other now, not just coexisting. Right, but even if it's in a work setting where we're trying to run a business, just that physical proximity is nice. It's comforting. Um, It doesn't come without additional stresses. I mean, running a business together, although it worked, it is working for us and it's been very good for us. It may not be that way for others. We, and I'm not going to lie, at times it is very stressful because... Because we share an office and your desk is so messy and I can't stand water. Yes, it is. It's organized chaos, Jesse. Oh, sorry. Organized chaos. If you ask me where something is, I know where it is. It's just under a pile of. I know, other but people. the overwhelm of seeing it. No. 
it has been very good for us. Like I said, it doesn't come without its own stresses. Like when the business is struggling uh, or if the business is going through a difficult patch, I feel like it isn't a good situation for us. There's ups and downs for sure. 100%. And I definitely, I come from a family where my dad was a business owner. And I remember it always being, he owned a business with my grandfather and he all, it was always the topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it, right? Like he wouldn't go on our family vacations and they always talked about their business. Um, and I, our kids will call us out, like stop mm-hmm. talking about work, right? So we have to be really cognizant of that. Yeah. Um, and then we really never took our kids on a trip until this past summer. I'll let you finish texting. Sorry, for Tracy. Hold on. Oh, so Tracy's our sister-in-law. She will be a guest on this episode. And it's about our kids' activities for later today. And this is actually a great example of working and having children and constantly being pulled in different directions. Yeah. So yeah. So we didn't take our kids on trips. We didn't do anything because all our money went to the business. All our time went to the business. We never wanted to leave the business until this past year. And we had had the business for seven years. And our kids hadn't traveled anywhere more than three hours from here or a couple nights. Um, So it it does. It it takes time and persistence and perseverance. My phone's going off too. I don't know. She sent the same text twice. I'm not sure why. Oh, okay. Maybe turn it over. No, she needs it sorted out by two o'clock. So sorry. I need to do this. Um, I would say this is like, actually, if we leave this part in the episode and we don't decide to cut this, this is like a perfect example of what our day is like. Me wanting your attention, your attention being divided. You wanted me to focus. Like you wanted me to start this podcast earlier. And I was like, I need to this client person. I had to send that email out. And we're constantly pulling on each other's time. And if Mm -hmm. our kids are home right now, forget it. Oh yeah, right. like, this wouldn't be happening. Or, yeah, yeah, you'd have a kid in your lap. I have a kid crying, tantrum, <laughs> wanting a glass of water that they can easily get for themselves. Okay, so what would you say, Ben, have been our biggest struggles as business in, owners, um, business-wise and personally as a business owner? Yeah, um, with the business, it's definitely people management. Uh, that's been the biggest struggle, uh, <laughs> trying to do business in California. And yeah. We're not anti-California. Oh, no. But owning a business in this state is extremely challenging. It is. But definitely, that's been, I think, the hardest aspect of owning and growing a business is with growth, obviously, comes additional need for staff. Whether it's a clinician to treat, whether it's admin and across the board, there's every single person that you bring into the business, you hope that it brings more good than harm. And, um, and most of the time it does. Sometimes absolutely. it doesn't. Um, I will say we're so lucky right now. We have such an amazing team at our mm-hmm. business. Um, we're very fortunate. Yes. Right now, I, I think that's one of the things that what I to address what we discussed earlier is the difference between a business owner and being the actual like a speech therapist or a CPA is 
I think we learned a lot of lessons the hard way. You and I definitely learned a lot of lessons the hard way. And that's why if I could help someone learn from my mistakes instead of making it on their own, I will feel like I'm doing what I need to do in this world. Because those hard lessons, when it's also tied to your finances and your ability to support your children and your family and your, you know, sustain your home and your mortgage, those are really fucking hard lessons. Yeah. We've been fortunate enough to be able to learn those lessons, whether they were hard or not. We've learned those lessons and been, we're now in a better place because of it. And I think for you is if you can help someone learn the lessons without having to do it the hard way, because if they go through it the hard way, they may not be as fortunate as we have been. And it could be a decision maker or breaker for them. Actually, I think a lot of people see how emotionally and mentally taxing it is. And they're just like, I'm out. Like, this is not Mm -hmm. worth it. Give me that guaranteed paycheck. Mm -hmm. Let me clock out at the end of the day, go home and not have this on my mind all the time. Let me not watch my bank account constantly. I will say too, though, I think COVID really changed what it is to be a business owner. It is so much harder to find employees with inflation right now, what employees are asking for so much more than what used to be asked for. And, you know, sometimes as the business owner, you want to give them everything. I do at least. I want all their needs to be met. But if it doesn't help the business or not even help the business, if it hurts the business, you're limited. But we're a smaller business, right? So there's always going to be a bigger business that can give them what they want. So retention is so hard because we can't meet the offers that are given to them by larger corporations. We can't compete. And and you know, not all industries are like ours, but we have a very specific niche and finding employees has become way more challenging than it was pre-COVID. And that's really scary because when someone chooses to move on or you need to let someone go, you don't know if you're going to be able to replace them. And then you're answering to your clients who mm-hmm. are upset. So there's just stresses from every angle, yeah. uh, business-wise. Yeah. So anyways, going back, like that I think has been the most difficult thing to deal with um, you from would a say business standpoint. Managing people. Yeah. Yeah. People management. Yeah. I think um, I would agree because I want to please them as mm-hmm. much as I want the business to succeed. I think you're a little bit better about like, this is the bottom line. This is what we need to do. You don't get emotionally invested or involved where for me I'm trying really hard to have that separation yeah but I I do love our staff and feel our staff right now is really good to our employees so those decisions for me weigh on me they yeah. weigh hard on me still where several years back I would cry lose my mind be in a funk for several days obsess over it, feel resentful and angry. Now it can process through it much differently and much quicker because of the work that I continue to do. Mm-hmm. But there's no way I think I'll ever be able to be a boss and not have some sort of being enmeshed with our employees because I'm a therapist at first, right? Like I got into my field to help people not to be a business owner 
So I don't, that's how I approach everything is as a therapist and as a therapist, we want to please and help and make everything better. But I used to say yes to the employees to make them happy. Then it would shoot the business in the foot and I would have to say no. And then the employees were pissed and they were pissed for a lot of reasons. And you know what? Back then, looking back, like rightfully so. And it, it forced me to look inward and be like, who do I need to turn into to be better for mm-hmm. all, for everybody, not just my employees, my husband, my children, for me, for my extended family. But I've learned now that like, sometimes you have to say no and you have to disappoint people and it sucks, but they're not going to have a job if the business isn't succeeding. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I mean, I don't know what to say beyond that as far as like the pull between meeting your employees' needs and sustaining your business. We do try to create a warm and inviting atmosphere though. I will say as a family owned business, we try to do little things that maybe don't happen at bigger corporations to make them feel appreciated and seen and heard. Because really we mostly employ women, right? Yeah, I'm the only male there. (laughs) Um, I think no matter what part of their life we're referencing what a woman wants and maybe men too, you can speak on the behalf of some men, but like women want to feel seen and heard and appreciated. So I really try to do that for the people that work for us. I hope we're still yeah. that. Yeah. I feel like we're doing a good job at that. Us feeling like we're doing a good job. Yeah. And feeling like then, yeah. Two completely but, different things. I get it. On a personal level, what's the hardest thing? I think being able to come home and make that shift from because we're in it together, like being at the clinic and talking work. And then when you come home, trying to be able to turn that off and have now a personal relationship and being present for the kids without that stuff carrying flowing, overflowing into that, I think has been the most difficult part, like on a personal level. And I don't know if we're ever going to be able to completely, no, we still, we still to this day, I mean, and I think it will forever. But Going well, but when there's something that needs to be addressed, because to be honest, even though we're at work together all day long, we have very different parts of the business that we attend to and run. So we're not really talking. So we have like our, meetings, if you want to call it that, or our time at home when we're not interrupted. I think we've been done better about doing some work from home. So we don't have interruptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we can have these conversations, not in front of our children, but yeah, at the clinic, even though we say we're going to have like owner's meetings or step out and connect, we don't. This, it's for both of us. Like from the, the second you walk into the clinic, you have, I mean, I think you go in with your list of things that need to get done for the day. For I know for me personally, I do. I'm sure you personally have that list. But then as soon as you walk through that door, you're being pulled in 10 different directions at the same time. And so then you're trying to work your way through your list, but then someone's coming in at you with this question, or they need help here, or someone else needs you to do something here. And so the ability to get through your list 
or through the tasks that you need to get done is at the clinic is very difficult. So yeah, we don't sit down in the clinic and like discuss the business. We're right. and I can that hear only like, gets done after hours right now. Saying like, well, you need to shut your door and you need to put away aside that time. And I don't disagree, but I think your ability to do that improves the more you grow. So we've brought on a clinical director, which I think and leads a different parts of our business. And I think with a management team, we have been able to step back more and have more time to talk about the overall picture of the business. But while you're still very small and you're doing the management part and you don't have that level between you and the rest of your employees, I think that's really hard. I think you have to really scale your business to be able to step back and have that uninterrupted time, at least in the type of business that we do, which I don't even know if we've mentioned what (laughs) we do. So I'll say it in our intro. But we own a mostly pediatric therapy practice. Um, We started with speech therapy. Then we added occupational therapy and feeding therapy. I became a myofunctional therapist, which is my passion. So we do myofunctional therapy as well. Um, We have a lactation consultant. So we offer therapies to pediatrics, except for myofunctional therapy. Um, We also work with adults. So that is the type of business that we run. So it's a service-based business in the healthcare industry. Very good way to describe it. (laughs) Probably should have said that at the beginning. Um, So yeah, so at least in our line of work, and I think we're just the type of business owners that if something is going on and our staff wants our help, we're not going to say no. We're in a meeting. We're going to open the door and go out and talk to the client or help our staff. We will interrupt our time to meet their needs. If that's right or wrong, I don't know, but that is how we do it. We're definitely bigger than we used to be. And even though we have a clinical director and we have leads of various departments, we, you and I, are the end all for decisions. So if something escalates to the point where it's above someone else, we are the ones to make the decision. And so there's always going to be those issues that need to be brought to our attention and we need to deal with. So we're always getting interrupted because we're not big enough yet where we can be completely hands off and let other people 100% run the business. Right. What would you say is our biggest success? With the business? Or just along this journey, personal, professional, both. I know what I would say. But what would you say you're most proud of up to this point? I think just the name that we've created for the business. I mean, mm. it's a known business in the community. And I think that's, I don't think in a bad way. I think, I think in a good way. And I'm proud of that. I think we do provide a service. And I think we do a good job mm-hmm. at providing that service. Mm-hmm. And I think people, when you see a kiddo... Unfortunately, I've never personally seen it. I think you have, but it's really exciting when you see a parent crying in a therapy room because they just saw their kid do something that 
they've never done before. And you've never seen it because you are not a treating parent. Right. I'm not in there, but I hear about it and I hear those stories. I'm proud of that. Like that's, we've built in a successful, well-known in a good way business that people like. So I think that's a success. I, that wasn't what I was going to say, but you're right. We've helped so many children by the ability to grow our business. Um, I also think, you know, the more therapists we bring on and the more I can work with and train and educate or my management team can work with and train and educate therapists or some of our therapists are, you know, been in the field for a long time. But the more people we have at our clinic, the more families are that are getting the help they need for their children. So I would say that's a really big success. I would say for me personally, and what's brought me to this point is not even related to business, but finding how to improve my human self. I don't know if I would have done that if I hadn't been forced to stare at how I was reacting to the world. And when you improve yourself, it sucks to really go back and think about past traumas and triggers and childhood situations that really negatively impacted you and have to relive it and understand it and process through it in order to come out of the other side. And that's something I'm still doing. But I think doing that work lets me appreciate the world more. And if I can teach my kids to do that now instead of later, I think that's been a huge growth curve for me personally. You're calm. You're a calm guy. (laughs) I'm not a calm person. So learning to find calm has been really, really special to me because I've never experienced that before. I've never experienced a scary situation where I'm able to have faith and remain calm and trust what's happening and not desperately cling to what I want to control. That's been really cool for me. And I think it's cool for our kids to witness what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully it's instilling work ethic in them. I hope. Yeah. Only time will tell. But yeah. yeah. So I've talked about like my self-care. I mean, it's really about I'm always listening to a podcast. I'm always listening to and or reading a book. I have my time every morning where I do meditations or different programs to help me unleash blocks or triggers or trauma. Um, I've sought out different professionals, cranial sacral therapy or EMDR or different therapists to help me. I need my walks. I go on long walks. So I do a lot for self-care. What do you do for (laughs) self-care? You do more than me. We would both agree to that. But I do think that there are certain things that I have been doing more recently that have improved my overall attitude, mentality. We have two big dogs. Um, I've always, for the, I mean, for the longest time, since we've been in this house at least, I walk them regularly. And I usually wake up in the morning and walk them. And I do a lot of 
thinking during those walks. It's when I say early in the morning, it's 6 a.m. It's dark out. There's nobody else out. I'll see maybe one other person walking. So it's really quiet. It's and a few coyotes. <laughs> yeah, my friends. So having that time, it, it's very quiet. It's very soothing for me just to mentally center myself, I guess, is really nice. I do take time every morning. This is actually a suggestion from you to I, I just take five minutes of quiet time. So I will just sit in a chair or I'll lay down on a couch and I just call it meditating, I guess. It's just complete silence. I try not to think about anything during that time. Um, yeah. I just completely... We haven't talked about the boxes yet, but you put it in your... This is true. Yes, it's my nothing box. Boxes and women have wires. Yes, that's the way men and women's brains work, apparently. I've got boxes and we can get that. We can go there in a minute. But yeah, it's a nothing box. Literally, I think about nothing. I don't think I've ever done that. No. That's another thing that I do on a daily basis that I think since I've started doing that, I personally feel like I approach situations differently. We have two children, eight and 10 currently, and they are not always the easiest to deal with. And I have a tendency to get very frustrated and not handle situations the best. Mm -hmm. I will raise my voice at them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, one of the big things, and it doesn't go over well. I feel that recently I've handled those situations much, much yeah. calmer than I have in the past. Are you comfortable um, think, with the diagnosis you just got? I don't care. So, yeah, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. So I, mean, I think I've had it. I mean, I, I had it since I was a child, but I just has wow. been undiagnosed. So um, I much for that. You got that diagnosis. You started on a medication that has made you a little bit more temperamental, to be fair. Okay. So one of the big programs I do, so shout out to this. And if anybody wants to look into this, this has been really huge for me is Lacey Phillips. Um, she has a podcast and one of our employees turned me on to her and she has a whole program that I've been putting myself through. That's been wonderful. And one of the things I've learned through her is Alexa Smart has these flower remedies mm -hmm. that help you in different areas. And you, I did get you one, right? Mm -hmm. And we do think it's been really, really helpful in helping you manage your frustrations. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so I think that quiet time for me in the morning is good, has helped. And then I enjoy playing soccer. I grew up playing soccer. I love the sport. I love the fact that my son loves the sport now. But I've started to play soccer more. Yes. To, my wife's, to my wife's dismay. I um, love you have that release, but it does tend to take over the weekend. Yes. Uh, at times, yes. It, it can. Friday night and Sunday mornings, plus or some soccer. There's, you know, I like my long walks. So it's, I think our challenge right now is making sure we both get that yeah. self-care time. Yeah. So, but I think that those are the main things for me. Mm -hmm. I need that. I, I, the soccer... Like a personal trainer in the mornings too, which sure. I think you've enjoyed. Yes, I very much in, have enjoyed that as well. Yes. I think, yeah, like for me, my personal care, personal health is me having that physical 
exercise mm-hmm. um, has made me feel better. Like I feel better, I feel oh, healthier. Exercises. And I think that that transfers over to my kind of mental side of things and just my reaction to things, my stress level. It allows me to, I think, just release stress. Uh, so I think those things combined has definitely helped. Mm-hmm. I'm hesitating on what I want to say next. Oh, geez. I think a healthy sex life helps you release your stress too. True. I think true. that is something that you need for mental clarity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So if we're going to wrap up this episode, what would be just like if you were put in front of somebody and you were going to give them one piece of advice as they started the business? What would oh, it be? gosh. I mean, can I sit down with the person for like two hours? So if I was going to give them one piece of advice, well, I guess it would be two. I would say don't rush things. I think we moved too quickly at the beginning. We made too many decisions too quickly that we had to undo. So I would say take a breath, take your time. Yeah, okay. don't make decisions hastily because when that happens, you find out that you may have to <laughs> reverse that decision at some point, which goes over so much worse than just maybe delaying the initial decision yeah. until you have all of the information. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is even if something feels like you need it in the moment, you need to make money this way. You need to hire this person because you need a treating therapist or you need an employee to fill this role. You need a certain coach. You're desperate. If it doesn't feel good in your soul, in your gut, don't do it. Don't approach the world in a desperate manner. Trust your intuition. Trust the process. Trust that when you say no to what feels wrong, you're saying yes to something better coming. And I think that has helped me so much because I used to say yes to everything out of fear of, I need it. We Mm -hmm. need it. The business needs it. And those things, when they felt wrong, they never ended well. Yeah. Yeah. For me, my thing would be as someone grows a business, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. And just in the back of your mind, when you have those lows, like this too shall pass. You're going to make it through it and you're going to get to those highs. And if you can... Those highs so high because those two pass. Right. Everything, there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. So enjoy the highs when they're there, knowing that it's not always going to be that way. And when you're at one of those lows, know that... It's going to pass and it's going to go back up. So trying to just kind of maintain that levelness. I agree. I agree. Thanks for doing my first episode with me. Yeah, absolutely. This was fun. This was fun. This was our story. And I'm so excited for upcoming episodes when we get to hear other people's stories. Definitely excited for a few of the ones that are coming up. Yeah, we got some good ones. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. 
If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please rate, review, and follow along on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find out more about me at www.jessieblois.com and follow along at Facebook at Jesse Blois or on Instagram at, at Jesse Blois. See you again next week with another great episode.